You can't get there from here. Have you ever been heading somewhere and stopped to ask for directions and uh, the only response uh, that you get is, well, actually, um, you can't get there from here, to which I can think of no more unclear response in the seeking of clear directions to a place. But apparently what it means is that even though you can even maybe even see your destination, that based on the way that the roads work, you can't actually get there from that starting point. Um, and I understand this is kind of the way it is like in the New England area where there's lots of like confusing one ways and dead ends. And, um, you know, supposedly actually that phrase, you can't get there from here, actually comes from those, uh, from those communities. In fact, our cartographer, which is a fancy word for a map maker. Probably should just call him that. Um, map maker, uh, after living in Boston for a year and a half, decided to map out uh, some of these actual you can't get theirs from here's. Uh, these are actual spots to so another spot in Boston. So the green arrow representing where you're at and the red um, square representing where you want to get to that you can't get there from here. And in lots of those cases, you can probably hit the destination with a rock more easily than you could with your vehicle. And so uh, last week we started a series entitled All In, looking at what it means for us together to be uh, Jesus' church and go all in for his mission of becoming devoted followers of him by growing and serving together. And last week specifically, we looked at how that commitment uh, plays out in membership and committing uh, to a body of believers. And then from there, what we want to look at this week is now what does that uh, commitment actually look like? What is um, kind of the overflow of signing on the dotted line? And so uh, you hear us say a lot here that that plays out in getting connected through growing and serving together. In fact, you hear that so often, um, perhaps, that you may have even begun to tune that out and I think one of the reasons we tune it out beyond just maybe the repetitiveness of it is um, if you haven't already gotten connected through the connected walls, we say at the end of every service, uh, that when someone on stage says, hey, you should consider getting involved in a grow together group or a serve together group, uh, or be sure to get, uh, check out the get connected wall, what I think we sometimes hear is, oh, okay, another commitment to consider. Or, you know, I've, I've already got kind of a bunch of relationships together with people in this church. I'm not sure I need to do a grow together, serve together group. Or maybe quite simply, okay, another program. Another program. And uh, as we explore this commitment of what it means uh, to commit one to another through growing and serving together, if what we hear with our ears is, okay, another program, well, then we cannot get to there from here. We cannot get to... Uh, becoming fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ by growing and serving together if what we hear by growing and serving together is, okay, another program. We cannot get there from here. However, we can reach our destination. We can reach becoming fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ in recognizing that that journey is our destination. Now, I know that's kind of a cliche saying that the journey is the destination, but uh, there is no more truth in the reality of following Jesus Christ than that statement right there because we never fully become devoted followers of Jesus Christ this side of the grave. You don't get to come to one of the pastors and say, you know, I saw your mission statement. I've got the devoted to following Jesus thing totally down pat, check, you know, what's next. Uh, no, that, is, that destination is in the journey that we will always be pursuing um, all of our lives. And so... Um, what we have to discover is that journey, however, is not paved by programs, 
but instead by the gift of what it means to be the church together, of growing and serving together, not laid out uh, and cooked up in some committee meeting, but by God's word as led by um, uh, Holy Scripture. And so with that, we are going to look to interpret Scripture this morning. Uh, but before we, we do that, we're actually going to first look uh, to interpret our culture a little bit. And that just as important as it is for us to understand uh, Ephesians, as that's where we're going to be, or Ephesians chapter 1, we also need to understand in contrast, uh, you could say, our culture 101. Because really that's the battle that we're up against. Uh, all too often, it's the world's way as played out in our culture in contrast with God's way as he lays it out in scripture. And last week, Pastor BJ uh, did an excellent job of getting us started in what it means to go all in with Jesus uh, by, and, and his church by contrasting our culture's value and um, kind of commonplace of contracts uh, that as consumers we obtain or consume goods and services uh, through contractual agreements that say, hey, if you give me that, well, I'll pay you this. Uh, whether it's a drive-through hamburger for a buck all the way up to uh, maybe a house. You know, it's all contracts, whether big or small, and it's all fine and well, except, except for when that value is the, is the lens through which we view Jesus' holy church. That our commitment is not to be a contract, but is to be covenantal. Uh, which is just a fancy church word for a spiritual commitment that almost similar to marriage says that uh, we as the church, like in marriage, we're in this together through thick and thin, that sickness and in health for richer or for poorer and for better or for worse. And as a church, we will face both sides of that coin. If you've been part of a life of a church for any length of time, you have faced both sides of the better and for worse. And so what we recognize as we look at what it means to go all in for Jesus and his church is that we can't get there from here. We can't uh, get to covenant. We can't get to an unconditional commitment one to another from a cultural value and a cultural lens of consumer. And we do recognize, um, just kind of, um, I think that's something that's important that I didn't mention last night and want to mention today is that um, there are seasons and there are right reasons that we make a shift uh, from one congregation to another um, to decide to go all in somewhere else, if you will. Uh, and I know that's something that is never taken lightly and can be a real challenge and, and often many times very painful to make that kind of shift. Uh, but what we're really getting at here this morning is this, that but more, more specifically, um, for those who would say your only commitment is really just not to commit, to say, I'm gonna keep the church, whatever that is, uh, kind of at arm's length and really not go in or all in anywhere. Uh, to that, we wanna speak to specifically this morning. Uh, and so to this, uh, Joshua Harris, in his book, Stop Dating the Church with this idea in mind, he actually, uh, the idea or the equally workable title, Stop Church Shopping and Hopping as a Consumer, in that book, he lays out three values from our consumer culture that has infiltrated us as the church. And so, uh, well, again, first to aim to understand those values in our culture, which affects all of us, me included, because really our culture, we understand um, we are fish in it. Our culture is our water and we are fish. And so this affects us all. And so we want to contrast that to how Jesus lays out his church. So the first um, attitude, you could say, that comes from our culture that can infiltrate us in the church is one that is me-centered. 
me-centered, that as consumers, we use language like, well, what I can get out of it. And in the case of church, you know, hey, good music, good programs, good teaching, uh, you know, what I can get out of that. Or inversely, we may choose not to involve ourselves in a need of the church uh, because we conclude something like, well, I don't really get anything out of it. And so sometimes uh, me-centeredness, uh, rather than the sake of the community, can come into play for us in the church. Kind of along those same lines, our second cultural value that has infiltrated the church is that we end up valuing individualism over the community as a whole. That really, the fullest expression of what we understand church to be, and as you talk with people who go to church or don't go to church, they pretty much understand that that commitment is, I, as an individual, attend a particular church uh, during a weekend worship service. That that really is the full expression of what it means to be part of a church. Yeah, I go to this church uh, on Sunday. And then really anything beyond that is kind of viewed as extra credit. And in our case, like if growing and serving together, well, that's, that's extra credit. Uh, rather than seeing that as actually probably the mainstream of what it means to be a part of, a, of our church. And then kind of an effect of that is our gathering together as a large group. And then thirdly, we find it easy to be critical. In our culture, we find it easy to be critical and compare. And again, this makes sense because this is how we operate. We all want to know what the best deal is for the best quality in any other venue, whether uh, it's auto insurance, who is always competing for the best deal and the best quality, or maybe um, who can give us the fastest home internet for the best price. But it's easy for that value to infiltrate the church, that even if all in at a particular church, you could maybe be tempted to have a wandering eye, always looking for greener grass, better programs, better preaching, better music, etc. And so again, we paint this not to to beat us up over this, but just to recognize the reality that, again, this culture is our water and we are the fish in it. And so these temptations are there. But it's important that when we contrast that with Jesus and his values of what the church is, that we do recognize that these are in contrast to what Jesus values and they are in contrast uh, to something that we actually need to understand as a temptation that we might need to push back on. And so... Rejecting the temptations of our culture's values, we can find confidence in the values that Scripture, again, lays out for us and what it means to be the church. And so we're going to look to uh, the book of Ephesians to help us out with that. Uh, And context here is Ephesians was actually a letter written to the church at Ephesus. It was a letter to a church by the Apostle Paul on what it means to be the church and really um, what it kind of is what we're going after in this series, what it means to go all in uh, as a church and be part of a church as, uh, again, we're going to see here in Scripture, that is through growing and serving together. And so if you want to try to keep up, we're actually going to kind of flip all through Ephesians here. Um, But if you're afraid of getting a paper cut, um, you can follow along on the screen. We'll have all the passages there as well. But we're going to start off in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. Where the Apostle Paul says that God placed all things under his feet, meaning Jesus, and appointed Jesus to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And so what we see here is we are not just a collection of individuals who all happen to attend the same uh, church building at 3350 North MacArthur Road, um, but that we are an actual representation of Jesus' body together. In fact, as Pastor Wayne has said for many years, we are to be the tangible touch of Jesus Christ to everyone we meet. In other words, we are to be the tangible touch, the hands, the feet, the body of Christ in what it means to follow him as his church. 
Uh, Second, Paul in Ephesians chapter two uh, goes on to say that we together are actually the church building, not a pile of bricks and mortar. Uh, He says it this way in verse 21. In him, in Jesus Christ, we are the whole building. We are joined together and rising to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. First Peter uh, says this as well, says that our building is not made of bricks and mortar and stones, but as living stones, meaning you and me and us together, we are built together as a spiritual house of the Lord that we committed one to another, in fact, build the church because in fact, we are, we are the church. Then thirdly, we as the body of Christ and thus building the church as living stones, we are also together, we are family. We are family. Ephesians 2.19 says, you are no longer foreigners and strangers or outsiders, but you are fellow citizens with God's people and more so, you are members of his household. And again, being all built together with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone of all of this. And so we together, we are a household, we are a family. Jesus himself, in the midst of uh, teaching, uh, the disciples that were with him told him uh, in the context of what he was teaching, said that, hey, on the other side of the crowd is your mother and, their, and your brothers, and they're wanting to see you. And Jesus, taking advantage of this teachable moment, continues his teaching, teaching this very point, and says in Mark 3, he says, who are my mother and my brothers, Jesus asked. And then he looked at those seated in a circle around him, his disciples, and he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. And so we, as the church, we are family. We are brothers and sisters committed to doing God's will together, which means we are committed to one another to be his church for that is God's will for us. And so... Given that we are in this together, uh, that we are family, that we are the body of Christ, building Jesus' church, not with bricks and stones, but as living stones, the function then and the playing out of that life together is through growing and serving together, as we're gonna see as we read on. Uh, Again, growing to become more like Jesus Christ and serving others in the name of Jesus Christ. And so the Apostle Paul actually in another letter um, to a church and what it means to be the church in 1 Corinthians 12 says that, that again, it's Christ's body, just like a real body has many parts, we too have parts, hands, feet, eyes, ears, that we too together as Christ's body form those different parts and have different roles and gifts for his church. Uh, chapter 12, verse four, the Apostle Paul says that there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service but all from the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them in everyone, it is the same God at work. And so we are all called to use our gifts and we're called to use them to serve and we're called to serve together, again, to build up Christ's body, to build up the church. And back to Ephesians, Paul's letter there, chapter four, verse 11, uh, with the same idea, says that Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. 
And so Jesus gives some as church leaders, pastors and teachers, et cetera, to quote, for this purpose, to equip his people for works of service, so serving together, so that in the end, the body, again, there's that word again, that we as the body of Christ, the church, may be built up. And then verse 13 goes on, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. And so we see here, in addition to just serving together, we're also growing together, pursuing, quote, unity, together based on that common denominator of faith in Jesus Christ. That as we grow together, and quote, the knowledge of the Son of God, speaking to how we study God's word together in our Grow Together small groups, um, that all of this works together, all of this with the same goal, all of this growing and serving together with this purpose, the end of that passage. This is the big why, that we together might become that we might become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Or in other words, that we might become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ together. You see, it's in God's word, not in programs, that we see what it truly means to be the church together to be the body of Christ, to be built together as living stones, committed as brothers and sisters, one to another, by our growing and serving together in that family versus a collection of consumers. I think my favorite metaphor that uh, illustrates what it means for us to be the church uh, and our responsibility and role to it uh, is in the question that we as First Christian Church, are we a cruise ship, could you say? That uh, from a consumer standpoint, it's a great deal. That better than anyone, cruises um, make it all about me and my comfort, uh, meeting not just my needs, but all my wants as well as an individual and through the entertainment and the all-you-can-eat buffets. Uh, that in fact, if, amidst any of that good stuff, if I'm critical of anything, um, you know, they're gonna hop to uh, to make sure that they can make right anything that I feel is going wrong. And so do we see, um, do we relate to the church as a cruise ship where uh, from a cultural value basis of a consumer that serves me, that the church exists to serve my spiritual wants and spiritual needs? Or do we understand the church uh, more accurately, more biblically uh, as an aircraft carrier? as an aircraft carrier saying that we are brothers and sisters, but we're in arms, that we are on a mission. We are on a mission to develop devoted followers of Jesus Christ, that uh, each one of us together are like pilots, that we are commissioned and sent together uh, to love and serve in the name of Jesus and to accomplish what we pray each week as we just prayed in the Lord's Prayer, that we're doing this all for the mission of Jesus' kingdom on earth, and we're doing it by his power, not our own, and we do it all for his glory in the end not our own. And so many of you are already on the front lines of that mission in serving together. Uh, Maybe even this morning, you're part of the hospitality team who warmly welcomed being the tangible touch of Jesus Christ to anyone who would walk through our doors. Or maybe you're on the front lines of kids' ministries serving to help raise up the next generation to love and follow Jesus. Or maybe you're on the front lines of leading and facilitating a a grow together group, building relationships in the life of this church that encourage our ultimate, most important relationship with the Lord. Or maybe you're on the front lines of Club 305 or Adopt-A-Block, meeting tangible needs in the name of Jesus. 
Or maybe you're on the front lines right now, the tech team who visually and audibly are enhancing everything we do so we can more effectively interact with God through uh, worship and preaching as they remove distractions and barriers through their commitment to excellence in what we do here in worship. Or maybe you're on the front lines of the campus care team who values excellence in our facilities, making sure that we have the best tool and tools for mission and ministry in everything we do. Or maybe you're on the front lines of visiting the shut-ins or the sick in the hospitals as part of the pastoral care team. Or maybe you're amped and ready to visit the sick who aren't part of our church through the new DMH Chaplaincy Ministry, uh, who just as an aside, we're going to be ready to take on volunteers here at the end of the month. Uh, We have joining our team, uh, Pastor Robert Henderson, uh, who's going to be leading this ministry venture. And so I look forward to uh, introducing him to you all here in just a few weeks. And so all of this to say, there is absolutely no shortage of opportunity for you to use your part of the body, to use your God-given gifts for Jesus' kingdom work through the Serve Together groups and ministries of our church together. And then going back to our metaphor, that upon being sent out to serve together, we then, uh, we kind of return back to the aircraft carrier to, to huddle back up and to fuel back up as we grow together as well. As it says in Ephesians 4.13 again, that we want to grow in the knowledge of the Son of God and studying God's word in praying for one another and encouraging one another and then as we go back out uh, to serve in his name. And so that cycle of growing and serving together all for his mission that we are becoming devoted followers of Jesus Christ and we're helping others become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And so as we talk about mission, you, you know, it's like, it's a man, is it all uh, you know, blood, sweat, and tears? Well, yeah, there's plenty of that. But within that is the great joy and the peace and the purpose of knowing we're doing exactly what God has called us to do. But also, don't let me mislead you. I mean, we have fun in our Grow Together and Serve Together groups. It's not all doom and gloom. And we like to laugh. We like to have fun. And frankly, relative to buffets on cruise ships, a lot of us like to eat. And so uh, we do all that as well. But within it all and from it all, recognize that at the end of the day, we are not here effortlessly coasting along on a cruise, but we are instead an aircraft carrier. We are on a mission to develop, not only in ourselves, but in others around us, more devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And so why would we choose the mission over the cruise? We're reminded because the one who went before us, our captain and commander, we could say, Jesus Christ, when we think about going all in, he went all in. He went all in so much that he left his space, his place in heaven to come to earth and then go all in all the way to death on a cross. To which from that, Jesus calls us to be on mission in Mark 8, Luke 9, and Matthew 10 saying, if you wanna follow me, if you wanna become a fully devoted follower of me, then you need to take up your cross. You need to die to yourself and live for me. That is where life is found, Jesus says. And so he tells us, Don't just go to church, but be my church, be my body. That is the call of Christ and his church. In fact, we would say when it comes to us being the church, because of all this, there really is no such thing as a non-growing and serving together member of First Christian Church. It's an oxymoron. They can't coexist. That to be committed to us and us to you means... We are pursuing growing and serving together, all of us in it together. And so we've joked here before, and um, 
and I'll joke again about it, that initially attending services, I mean, we recognize that's a first step as well as an ongoing step to our devotion to Jesus Christ altogether as a church. Um, but really, when it starts out, this is really is um, more of a first date level where you're kind of checking us out or checking you out. Uh, but we want to recognize that for some of you, you've been on like 107 first dates. And it's time to define the relationship. It's time to commit. It's time to go all in through membership. It's time to go all in by getting on mission, by growing and serving together and stop putting the church at arm's length because that's not what it means to be the church. And so this morning to help close the gap here between the conviction of God's word and the action that then follows. Um, I wanna help you here as we close, um, I say as we close, like we're gonna be done in two minutes. It's a little longer than that, but I do wanna help you discern the next step you have in becoming, again, that mission, a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, wherever you are at in that journey. And so this is for us all and will help us all regardless of where we're at in that journey. And so first, uh, first step for you would say that if you're not connected, uh, to anything outside of a weekend worship service attendance that we would strongly encourage you, if it's not obvious already, to jump into either a grow together group or a serve together group. And the way you can do that is uh, the get connected wall, which is out in the lobby or through the church's website at firstdecaturorg slash connect. Essentially, you find the entire wall in digital format on the web. So either way, uh, that's easier for you. And uh, let me just say that if you're still exploring membership, you're still like, hey, I'm still kind of in a space where we're still checking out what this church is about and whether this is where God's leading us. Let me encourage you uh, that you can and should still get involved in a grow together and serve together or serve together group. That, that if you want to find out what it means to be a part of first, then that's where you're going to find it at um, beyond just uh, this room here. Um, but uh, and with that, I would also encourage you to just jump into one. You might be really exuberant today and want to do like seven at once. Um, again, the goal is not to get involved in a bunch of programs. The goal is for you to take appropriate steps towards full devotion to Jesus Christ. And so we would say, you know, start with one, either a grow or a serve together group. And then in due time, as the Lord leads, as you feel, okay, let's, let's take on that, the other side of that equation, step into that as well. But maybe just start with one. However, in that same idea, second, some of you have been part of one, uh, either a grow together group or a serve together group for a long time. And you might be sensing, you know what? It's time to add um, the other half of that uh, in my life. And again, can't reiterate this enough. It's not about programs. We don't jump, want you jumping through programmatic hoops. We're not trying to get the Christian merit badge to make sure we can check off everything on the mission statement to-do list. No, the goal is that we are becoming fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ as a family, building the church as the body of Christ together. And so in that vein, if you are not serving anywhere, you should consider the role of service in your commitment and devotion to Jesus Christ. And on the inverse, if you are or have been serving in, a, in an area for a long time, you might recognize, you know, I need to spend some more time intentional study of God's word and its application to my life uh, at a deeper level with deeper relationships. And maybe um, your area of service doesn't include that. Maybe you don't have, uh, just based on the nature of it, you don't have real close friendships within that that are encouraging one another and praying for one another. And so maybe for you, it's time to step into a grow together small group uh, where you can be held accountable, where you can build relationships uh, with other Christians that are encouraging the most important relationship you'll ever have and grow in, and that is your relationship with God. Or thirdly, 
maybe for you, maybe this, this whole group thing, and this is true of a lot of us in here, um, you know, you did the whole group thing, you know, many moons ago. And frankly, the cool thing is, uh, because it wasn't about a program, but it was about relationships in the life of this church that build our relationship with God. It's like, you kind of achieved that, that even though you don't meet every other week at someone's home to do a Bible study, you guys are still connected to one another, still doing life together. And that's great, because that's really was the goal of those groups in the first place. So you might be saying, you know what? I really don't need a group. Uh, however, uh, candidly, as Josh kind of alluded to in the announcements, um, you know, over the last four years, uh, attendance in our church has, has doubled. And as a result of that, a part of it, as, as part of getting people connected, uh, there are right now more folks interested in being involved in a Grow Together group than we have folks to facilitate those groups. And so, while you may say, you know, I don't need them, they need you. They need you because that's what it means for us to be in covenant together, to be committed one to another and not just consumers. And so if you'd be willing to prayerfully consider uh, potentially leading and facilitating a group, um, you can grab myself or Tim Revis, who's our deacon over group life. We'd be glad to talk with you more uh, about that. Um, or if you just want to kind of, we actually have an opportunity here that, again, Pastor Josh mentioned in uh, two Wednesdays from now, March 12th, explore group leading where in just a one-hour session, you'll grab a hold of what really is involved in facilitating a group and frankly, what's not involved. I think that that's a big barrier for a lot of us is kind of some uh, misnomers and myths about what it involves in leading a group. So uh, maybe you're not involved at all and it's, you know, it's been a while and it's time to maybe step back in because we need you. Or maybe you are in a Grow Together group already as a participant, but you sense God might be calling you to step out and be sent, uh, not just to grow together, but serve together as you lead others in growing together. And so we'd love to explore that with you. Uh, with that, uh, with uh, group leading, uh, you might be interested uh, or even being led by God to lead a group that doesn't even exist yet. Uh, you might have an idea that you feel God has put on your heart uh, for ministry through the church. And for that, we also have uh, a card and a place on the web for you to say, hey, I have an idea. And really, this is what I love about how Jesus' church is supposed to be and how we're trying to operate as a church, that uh, God has gifted all of us that any one of us, whether paid or unpaid, has nothing to do with it, that God can be Holy Spirit-led within you to be creative, to be innovative for the sake of his kingdom. And uh, really, frankly, many of our best served together groups and ministries came out of, for lack of a better term, a person in the pew who God laid an idea in their heart and uh, they kind of approached us with it and we ran with it. Uh, groups like, and you might even know, you might think they're staff run, but they're not. Uh, groups like uh, Mothers Serving Mothers, uh, for single moms, or MOPs, our Mothers of Preschoolers group, uh, Fitness at First, all out of the pew, our Grief Support group, out of the pew, uh, and then a new ministry that's starting this month, Marriage Mentoring, where we're going to start uh, in conjunction with our, our next series, our next preaching series on marriage called Mr. and Mrs. Better Half. And so the goal of all these, or to say all of this, is that it came out of you. It came out of a person in the pew who had an idea that God led within them to be creative and innovative for the sake of his kingdom. And so we would welcome, welcome your ideas for what God is leading in your life and do what we can to help come alongside you to make that happen. And then lastly, uh, as you hear all this and all these ideas and all these things you should be doing, you might be at the place where you're hearing, yeah, I sense I need to take a step, um, but I don't really 
know exactly which step to take. I mean, I love that we got all these green and blue cards, but frankly, I find them a little overwhelming. I'm not really sure what is the best spot. And so for you, we will be glad to help. You're not on your own in this. Um, in that, that's just the church phone number on that card there. Uh, you can grab any one of us uh, after the service uh, or anytime, and we would love to help have that conversation about what it means to take the next step. Again, not through a program, but in together as Christ's body, a family, building his church, devoted to him, his church, by growing and serving together. And so with that, uh, I'd invite you to stand with me. And I wanna pray for us in this, but also give you a little bit of space to pray yourself um, where God might be leading you to take that next step with this list on the screen as kind of a trigger list to kind of get you uh, praying and thinking about where God might be leading you. And so let's pray, and then I'll give you some silence in the midst of that uh, to ask God personally, not just as an individual, but yes, as an individual, but more importantly, for the sake of the whole, his church, his body, we as family. So let's pray about that. Father, we want to go all in for your church because you went all in uh, for us with your son, your only son, Jesus Christ, because of your love for us. And though we recognize we'll never be able to repay you for that, and that's not even the goal, um, but as an overflow and a response to the good news that we now have in our lives, we wanna um, infuse that into one another's lives and into others' lives. We ask that you would lead us, not by programs, but through a pathway that you have for us uh, in our journey as individuals and as a whole to full devotion in your son, Jesus Christ. That together as a family, the body of Christ, we would be built up as living stones, one with another. And so to that end, we pray your Holy Spirit would lead each of us to that end, playing our part as the body of Christ, as your church. And so Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, we thank you for hearing our prayer, for responding and leading us by your Holy Spirit. Uh, may we trust that um, as we uh, aim to close the gap between conviction and action, that whatever we need to do as a next step, literally physical steps toward the wall, physical steps to tug on a sleeve, uh, physical steps to you know, open up the web or whatever it takes, God, um, that we might put into action what you've called us to be and to do as your church. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen.